Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to this late-night podcast wrapping up the day's developments in Artsakh. In blatant violation of the November 9, 2020 ceasefire, in direct contradiction to the stated positions of the U.S. and the European Union, and in a concerted effort to collapse the peace process, Azerbaijan initiated a mass-scale attack against Nagorno-Karabakh today. While initiating attacks throughout the line of contact, Azerbaijani forces shelled civilian centers throughout Nagorno-Karabakh. France, Germany, and other EU member states have spoken harshly against Baku's unprovoked violence against the population of Artsakh, U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, PACE President and Secretary General of the Council of Europe all issued stern warnings for Azerbaijan to stop hostilities. In the meantime, Russia has directly noted that its peacekeepers will neither intervene nor use force to stop the violence, and more so Kremlin-linked media has been aggressively blaming Armenia for Azerbaijan's attack against Artsakh, not attacking Azerbaijan for attacking, but rather attacking Armenia for the actions of Azerbaijan. And now more into the details, hour by hour almost, at approximately 1 p.m., Azerbaijani armed forces launched a wide-scale attack against Artsakh, Nagorno-Karabakh. There are reports of shelling on the line of contact in the residential areas of the capital state, Panagert, in towns and villages throughout the republic. Artsakh's defense ministry reported that Azerbaijani armed forces are trying to advance into the depths of Artsakh. According to Artsakh's human rights defender, as of recording of this podcast, which is now 11 p.m. local time, the death toll in Artsakh stands at 25, two of whom are civilians. There are 138 wounded, 29 civilians, 11 are children, of whom three are in critical condition. Uh, these are the numbers uh, reported from Stepanagert. Artsakh's authorities have not been able to establish connection with the medical institutions of Askeran and Marduni, and just uh, as a note, a very important note, one of the civilians killed was a child. Artsakh's human rights defender also reports that the entire population of Artsakh continues to stay in the basements with no electricity, no communication, no food, no heating in the cold weather conditions. Azerbaijan continues to target the civilian infrastructures and the civilian population using military aviation, artillery, and UAVs, despite Azerbaijan's announcements that these are not targeting civilian populations. or They clearly are. There's video evidence. There's a child who's died. They're injured children. The civilian population from six communities of Artsakh, this includes Khramort, Khnabad, Sarnakhpur, Nakhichevanik, Machkalashen, Chankatakh have been evacuated. The Yagdazor community of the Shushi region, with a total of 150 residents, has come under the direct target of the Azerbaijani side. The Azerbaijani armed forces have destroyed the school of the community. The residents are completely surrounded by Azerbaijan. The Arsakh Ombudsman says there is no opportunity to evacuate these 150 people. News of sirens, air raid sirens going off in Stepanagert and machine gun fire uh, being heard and people rushing to bunkers was first voiced by local journalists and residents. Marut Vanyan, a local journalist in Stepanagert, reported that he could hear machine gun fire close to his house. He then tweeted, I hear the sound of a drone. Artillery has been firing nonstop for about 40 minutes. This was uh, earlier uh, in the day. Other locals reported that the shelling was coming from the heights of Shushi. I remember when you walked in today in the morning and you asked me what's the news. I said the usual, but in a kind of different frequency. So something is up. This was before we heard any of this news. Well, 
In continuation to that, uh, the, all the dis- misinformation and disinformation that came from the Azerbaijani mm-hmm. side in the weeks, uh, days prior, throughout the day, starting from before the noon, before the actual attack, Azerbaijan's defense ministry issued several statements with almost identical content, saying there is an ongoing, deliberate, and planned policy of terror by Armenia against Azerbaijan. Therefore, local anti-terrorist activities have been launched to ensure the provisions of the trilateral statement suppress large-scale provocations in the Karabakh economic region of Azerbaijan to disarm and secure the withdrawal of formations of Armenia's armed forces from uh, Azerbaijani territories, neutralize their military infrastructure, provide the safety of the civilian population that has returned to the territories liberated from occupation, the civilians involved in the construction and restoration work, and Azerbaijan's military personnel, and ultimately restore the constitutional order of the Republic of Azerbaijan. As part of the measures, positions on the front line and in-depth long-term firing points of the formation of Armenia's armed forces, as well as combat assets and military facilities, are incapacitated using high-precision weapons. We reiterate that the civilian population and civilian infrastructure facilities are not targeted, as you were saying earlier, Rubina. Only legitimate military targets are being incapacitated. The command of the peacekeeping contingent of the Russian Federation and the leadership of the Turkish-Russian Monitoring Center are informed about the ongoing activities. This was a statement by uh, Azerbaijan. Well, the official confirmation of a military attack on Artsakh from the Armenian side came around to 25 p.m. Artsakh's Ministry of Foreign Affairs tweeted saying Azerbaijan launched a large-scale military offensive against the Republic of Artsakh. At this moment, the capital Stepanagerd and other cities and villages are under heavy shelling. Azerbaijan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs also issued a statement regarding an alleged explosion that claimed the lives of Azerbaijani servicemen, using it as an excuse to launch a large-scale offensive against Artsakh. And this was about, uh, they were saying that Armenian saboteurs had planted mines in areas and territories that Armenians have not stepped foot in for the last three years that are under Azerbaijani control, control. or at least Russian control, to, right. to say the minimum. Well, uh, in response to Azerbaijan's uh, foreign ministry, Armenia's foreign ministry uh, statement pointed out that guided by the feeling of impunity, Azerbaijan has openly assumed responsibility for this aggression. The Ministry of Defense of Azerbaijan has announced that it is starting anti-terrorist measures in Nagorno-Karabakh in the area of the responsibility of the Russian peacekeeping troops, about which, according to the official statement of the Azerbaijani site, the command of the Russian peacekeeping troops, as well as the Russian-Turkish monitoring center have been informed. It is a continuation of the large-scale use of force unleashed by Azerbaijan against Nagorno-Karabakh in September of 2020. Uh, The statement went on to say the Armenian side has repeatedly warned that the continuous aggressive actions of Azerbaijan against Nagorno-Karabakh, the unconcealed belligerent rhetoric, the absolutely false and reprehensible propaganda of calling the population of Nagorno-Karabakh terrorists, pursues one goal, to subject the population of Nagorno-Karabakh to ethnic cleansing. Well, the state statement also called on the international community and all parties involved to take appropriate measures. And on the other side, Armenia's Minister of Defense also responded with a statement saying, as in the past, the false claim that there are units of Armenian armed forces, military equipment and personnel in Nagorno-Karabakh continues to be found in official reports and mass media of Azerbaijan. The Minister of Defense of the Republic of Armenia has repeatedly and now also once again announces that the Republic of Armenia does not have any army in Nagorno-Karabakh. The Ministry of Defense of the Russia 
did report that from 12 noon today, Russian peacekeepers recorded numerous ceasefire regime violations by the Azerbaijani side along the entire line of contact. It noted that Russian peacekeepers have organized the evacuation of the civilian population of Artsakh from the most dangerous areas and provided medical assistance to injured citizens. The world is calling this a... you know, military attack, uh, and mm-hmm. it's like Russia's calling it ceasefire violation. And also, the Russian peacekeeping troops announced that they do not have any rights to use any arms if they themselves are not, not under, under attack. attack. Well, Moscow, however, has not confirmed the information disseminated by Azerbaijan that before launching military operations against Nagorno-Karabakh, Baku informed the Russian peacekeeping mission about it. I cannot confirm that we were informed in advance, said Dmitry Peskov, the spokesperson of the Russian president. However, earlier in the day, in response to the same question, the spokesperson of Russia's foreign ministry, Maria Zakharova, said that the Russian Federation was informed, only that it happened, quote, minutes before the start of military operations, after she called on the conflicting parties to stop the bloodshed in Gharapagh and return to a diplomatic settlement. Now, who are the conflicting parties here? There is one aggressor who is attacking a population that it has kept under siege for nine months and basically starving for the last three. If they're saying conflicted party, maybe they mean the uh, population of Nagorno-Karabakh and Azerbaijan. They don't mean Armenia. I'm being sarcastic, oh, probably, okay. <laughs> because they mean Armenia, but Armenia is not part of this at this point in any kind of direct way. Well, uh, this is something that the Armenian Prime Minister, Nikol Pashinyan, also mentioned during his live address today. He said Azerbaijan has started an operation to break the line of contact in Nagorno-Karabakh and, according to some reports, to take control of settlements. Azerbaijan officially informed Russia about these actions. Of course, this is Azerbaijan's information, Pashinyan said, even though before uh, Pashinyan's live, we had already heard Zakharova say that mm-hmm. they were informed, even though minutes before. However, the fact that uh, we have not received any information about this operation from our Russian colleagues is worrisome, he said. He also emphasized that uh, the main target and purpose of this operation is to involve the Republic of Armenia in a military operation. Right. I mean, this is the general consensus that what Azerbaijan is doing is trying to drag Yerevan into this to have an excuse, a justification than to attack the sovereign territory of the Republic of Armenia. Well, the meeting of the Security Council of Armenia, chaired by uh, Prime Minister Pashinyan, convened to discuss the large-scale military operations unleashed by Azerbaijan against Artsakh. Uh, and also, we don't have details about what were the details of what was decided. And uh, today, Pashinyan also held telephone conversations with French President Emmanuel Macron and U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Macron said that France is initiating an urgent session of the U.N. Security Council. The information was also later confirmed in a statement by the French Ministry of Europe and Foreign Affairs, saying that Azerbaijan is solely responsible for the fate of the civilian population of Nagorno-Karabakh and that France requests the emergency convening of a meeting of the United Nations Security Council. It is working closely with the European and American partners so that a strong response is provided to this unacceptable offensive, which is commensurate with the risks it poses to the security of the region. And uh, in fact, the UN Security Council meeting on the situation in Nagorno-Karabakh is scheduled for September 21. Which is this Thursday, right? Well, at around 5 p.m., Artsakh authorities called on Azerbaijan to immediately stop the fire and sit down at the negotiation. 
negotiating table to resolve the situation. Uh, in reply to that, the presidential administration of the Republic of Azerbaijan issued a statement. In response to the quote for starting negotiations made by the illegal regime created and still supported by Armenia on Azerbaijan's territory, the presidential administration of the Republic of Azerbaijan states that the representatives of the Armenian residents living in our country's Gharapagh region were on several occasions invited for dialogue on the reintegration issues. However, they have repeatedly rejected it. They also said that Azerbaijan is prepared for a meeting in Yavlakh uh, with the representatives of the Armenian residents living in Azerbaijan's Gharabagh region. Nevertheless, for the anti-terror measures to stop, the illegal Armenian military formations must raise the white flag, all the weapons must be handed over, and the illegal regime must be dissolved. Otherwise, the anti-terror measures will be continued until the end, said this the This is statement. not, a, a, you know, a, an olive branch. This is an outright threat. This is this from point. the presidential administration. Uh, administration. Well, apart from Turkey's unconditional support for Azerbaijan, aggression and the Russian, you know, both-sided announcements, the international community has responded with strong statements calling Azerbaijan out for its aggression. President of the European Council, Charles Michel, tweeted, devastating news coming from former Nagorno-Karabakh Oblast today. Joseph Borrell, the high representative of the EU for Foreign Affairs and Security, said, the EU deplores the loss of lives, Brought by the escalation, we call for the immediate cessation of hostilities and for Azerbaijan to stop the current military activities. The U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken issued a statement saying, as we have previously made clear to Azerbaijan, the use of force to resolve disputes is unacceptable. Similar announcements were made by the U.S. State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller, the Foreign Minister of Germany, the Foreign Ministers of Lithuania, Belgium, Latvia, Netherlands, Germany, France, Estonia, Luxembourg, Austria, Cyprus, Norway, Spain, Sweden, they all issued statements calling on Azerbaijan to immediately cease their military attack against Nagorno-Karabakh. And also so did the UK Europe Minister, the Pace Rapporteur, the Norwegian Helsinki Committee, the European Parliament Committee on Foreign Affairs, the German Chancellor, and this is not the complete list by, by no means. Well, in the meantime, as uh, the people of Artsakh of Nagorno-Karabakh were being bombed and in shelters, several demonstrations uh, took place, and we believe some are uh, sporadic demonstrations are still taking place in Yerevan today. A large demonstration took place in front of the government building in Armenia's capital, Yerevan. Scuffles took place between police and demonstrators, some of whom uh, were demanding the resignation of Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan. The police used stun grenades, and there were reports reports of injured protesters. A similar protest took place in front of the Russian embassy in Armenia, and it was very interesting that uh, demonstrators had blocked the entrance and exits of the Russian embassy. This is something we have never seen before in Armenia. But And just earlier, where our office is located, there was a protest, and people were saying Russia is the enemy. So there's a lot of uh, heated emotions right now in the country and in Artsakh. Yeah, Maria, and uh, something that we kind of like didn't stop on because I said at one point that like other than Turkey's unconditional support for Azerbaijan, we talked about all the responses that we received from the international community. Uh, Well, in a tweet at around 9 p.m. today, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan said that Turkey supported the negotiations process between Azerbaijan and Armenia from the very beginning. However, we see that Armenia has not been able to 
adequately utilize the historical opportunity. We expect Armenia to fulfill its promises, especially the opening of the Zangezur corridor. Here we go. Our primary goal should be for everyone, including Armenians, to live peacefully side by side on Azerbaijani lands. We support the steps taken by Azerbaijan, where we act with the motto One Nation, Two States, to protect its territorial integrity. So it's not the best way to conclude this podcast, but... No, but we felt it was important to do this uh, sort of special edition of our weekly news podcast this uh, late evening uh, to try to explain uh, in a sort of concise uh, manner what has been taking place. We will be following the news throughout the night in the coming days. Uh, we have this um, updates that we've been doing, also live updates on our website. It's called Newswatch Artsakh, September 2023. And September has never been very kind to us. And this year, again, we're seeing this uh, huge assault on Artsakh and uh, with this threat of ethnic cleansing hanging over the people, the indigenous population of Nagorno-Karabakh, it's been uh, quite challenging for us and for everybody uh, in the country to follow what's been taking place. Thank you for listening. If needed, we will be doing these daily podcasts to round up what's been taking place. We hopefully won't be having to do that. Um, but as I said, you can go to our website, uh, check out Newswatch Artsakh, and on all of our social media platforms, that includes Telegram, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Right. We've really been active on all of these right. platforms to kind of get the news across. That's right. Well, thank you for listening, and um, hopefully you won't hear from us tomorrow. <laughs>